Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello. Welcome to the COB for this Monday, the third day of May. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with David Scott. Scotty, what was your Monday like this week? It was pretty good. Uh, it was a reasonable start to the month, and uh, certainly a, a more than reasonable start for the financial sector, especially worse back, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. So let's get straight to it then. The XJO managing to eke out a slightly positive finish. Look, nothing to write home about. Chikes 200 up by about a quarter of 1%. But if you look at the performance of the big banks, pretty good all around. But the star performer, Westpac, up by 5% today. Scotty, we had the opportunity to chat with the CEO, Peter King. Look, he has his work cut out for him, cutting costs from the big bank, but that was really the differentiator for Westpac, you know, even leading into these results. Everybody's saying, look, it comes down to a cost story and uh, it appears as if the market liked what it heard. It did. It also reinforced the point that I think analyst community, not just for the banks, but others have been far too kind when it comes to uh, forecasts for earnings, not only for the banks, but others out there at the moment. So the bar was maybe set a little bit lower than what it probably should have been, but uh, that being said, uh, clearly slightly better than expected dividend. The improvement in NIM uh, was also important. Uh, but I, I wonder about you know, the outlook for the banks when it comes to growth prospects. You can't shrink yourself to, uh, to perfection. And uh, that's, I think, all the big banks are going to have to go and come to grips with that at some point in the future. Yeah, well, Peter King says it's not shrinking, it's simplification. Oh, and another of word, course, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so that is what the bank is going for, simplification. Uh, look, we spoke to him about capital management, dividends going forward. We spoke to him about net interest margins, about the bank's ability to raise rates, even as the RBA promises to hold record low interest rates until 2024. If you'd like to listen to that interview, you can access it via the show notes. And just to keep you happy... We had Westpac as the stock of the day. Kashi sat down with two expert guests, uh, Francesco DeStratis from Ordmanet and David Novak from Wealthwise Education to see what they think about Westpac. Take a listen. Um, be interesting to see what happens um, when, not if, when interest rates do start to rise, how yeah. that impairment uh, those impairment expenses change because I think we've seen a, a, you know, a flood of you know, particularly in the first 
uh, first homeowners mortgages um, coming into play over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, yeah. um, how much buffer has been built into a lot of these mortgages. So um, I think it's, look, it's a solid result, um, but you know, from point of view of where the share price is, would I buy it? I probably wouldn't. Our preferred bank at the moment is, is NAB uh, right. over, over Westpac um, okay. and, and the others. Um. My, my concern is valuation up here for Westpac. I would definitely not be a buyer of the stock. Um, obviously, if you're a shareholder, you'd probably hold or take some profits, I would suggest, um, because it it's really is fully valued. If you look at, uh, there's 13 analyst brokers out there, they've got an average price target, well, they'll see about adjusting it now, but you know, it's around 25 is the top end. Oh, okay. So it's 26, as you can see there. Now, it doesn't mean it can't move higher. And again, their margins are getting squeezed because of the low interest rates. So, so I'm not a buyer of, of the banks up here, I've got to right. say, it's too risky. There's more downside than upside me so not a buy in fact a sell from david there at wealthwise education uh listen if you'd like to have one more or hear one more person weigh in on the big four banks you can access our interview with kyle mcintyre from fire trail investments you can do that via the show notes as well really just from a psychological perspective i remember writing about uh, you know the variety of share prices and oh it's the uh, for share price falls the lowest level in a decade falls so long i think with the, the nab i think it might have been 1994 during the other peak of it and when i start hearing people going parade oh it's the highest level in 14 months the inner contrarian me just goes mm-hmm. that little little person in the back of my head just goes oh scotty maybe you would want to go and take some profits here yeah why are they talking about 14 months okay so that is westpac so we're still waiting for nab and anz looking for some of those th- same themes coming from the other big fours, you know, the provisioning yeah. being written back. You can see that in the movements yeah. of the, uh, the other big four share prices today. So a lot of that's been moved forward. NAB's the one that I'm really interested in. More business orientated. was very conservative with the uh, with the provisioning as well. Uh, to see what happens there. I think it's on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that one. Okay, Telcos Rose today. Resources and IT leading the declines. Uh, again, it just feels as if we're a bit stuck, doesn't it? Yeah, and, uh, frustrated. I think uh, one of our guests uh, came up with the other uh, saying about some of the uh, investors at the moment because we saw that really strong rally and it went very hard, very fast. And now nothing seems to be inspiring mm-hmm. the market to go higher, which tells me that uh, the risk of a pullback is quite elevated for the time being. And I wouldn't imagine it'll be anything more than a pullback given uh, where we sit with central bank policy and fiscal policy and the like. But at some point, there will be that day of reckoning where there's going to be uh, no tapering of asset purchases. And uh, as we've seen in other times, that will lead to quite pronounced volatility and probably some downside. Well, we've got a couple of Fed speakers out tonight, including Jerome Powell. Look, the topic of his conversation is not monetary policy in a community very direct bank, way. Community banking or yeah. something, yeah. Woo. But you never know. There will always be the questions uh, asked. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah, I think community banks have always got the place. Oh, and by the way, we're going to start tapering. <laughs> 80, 80 billion out of 60 billion next month. Look, lots, lots of people talking Jackson Hole is when we will start to hear the first indications of taper talk coming from the Fed. I, I cannot tell you how interested I am about what this uh, this Friday's payrolls report is going to be yeah. because consistently we're seeing it with stock analysts, we're seeing it with analysts just in general, including economic analysts, has been so far behind the curve in judging the speed of this recovery. And I just have a sense that we're just, I know that the market's looking for a whisper number with a mean plus. Mm-hmm. I've just got a feeling it's going to be 
really strong. I don't yeah. know why, but coming into uh, to summer in the United States and North America, you know, mm-hmm. better than anyone else, people are reopening, people are feeling more confident. I reckon it could be just huge. And the vaccine rollout is going really, really well. You've got Biden promising to spend, spend big. Uh, yeah, there's lots of secret sauce there happening in the US. And you're right, summer, people are driving, hitting the roads. It feels good to be out in patios in those states that do get cold weather. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, look, we've got our own central bank coming to the fore tomorrow. Feels slightly anticlimactic. We know that there's not going to be any move on interest rates, but a little bit more interesting this time because we get the SOMP later in the week. Uh, I mean, We've got a, a Guy de Bell speech as well that we look forward to. It's an evening speech in Perth, I think on Wednesday or Thursday. So there is, again, quite a lot of communication coming from the RBA around this meeting. So tomorrow, what can we expect? Uh, there'll be upgrades to the forecast, undeniably, particularly unemployment forecasts. Uh, and I suspect that uh, there probably may be a little bit more opt- optimism too when it comes to the inflation outlook, despite that uh, weak reading we got in the March quarter. But... Uh, I don't think there'll be any movement, but you can't say that definitively. And we saw with the Bank of Canada, there is the ability to surprise unexpectedly in a hawkish stance. And uh, because of the other uh, forecasts are released, typically the RBA does move policy settings or guides policy settings uh, to a certain direction at this uh, particular meeting. So who knows? Uh, term funding facility comments on that. Uh, will it be allowed to expire in June? And uh, yield curve control that I uh, know pinning and promising mm-hmm. to keep the other uh, cash rate. Uh, unchanged for three years how long is three years i think that's going to be coming up very keenly and uh look don't rule out tomorrow there could be some commentary about that well well scuddy giving the big tease i like it yeah i don't think it's going to happen but uh just from prior uh, history when it comes to the rba they go and announce various policy measures typically at these meetings. Yeah, I wonder though if we would have a Phil Lowe speech in the diary for this week if there was going to be any material change. Yeah, and you're right. And that's that's one of those things you pick up over time that you expect that there'll be an explanatory uh, reasoning behind it. Um, but it's really interesting to see. I think it's probably too early. I think that we're going to get that announcement uh, probably in July or August. But that's after we get a couple of months of unemployment data, which we know now is the be-all and end-all when it comes to guiding those decisions moving forward. All right. Uh, speaking of tomorrow, we'll be speaking with Junbei Liu. She's PM at Tribeca Investment Partners. Always look forward to getting her thoughts on markets, on company specifics. Uh, we'll be speaking about uh, the big picture with Paul Bloxham, Chief Economist here in Australia with HSBC. Uh, tomorrow is a Team Invest Day on the call, and we've also got Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Later in the day, Luke Larative, fan favorite investment advisor at Seneca Financial Solutions, and uh, a little bit later in the day, head of equity research at RBC Capital Markets, Ben Nelson. Looking forward to that one. Hey, Scuddy, uh, let's call it a day, shall we? Ease into this trading week, this new month, and see what's to come in the U.S. tonight. No, no sort of top tier data. But again, we've got those central bankers speaking, also construction spend, which will give us some insight into the uh, the state of play in the US. Yeah, ISO manufacturing will be keenly watched, employment, prices paid, indices, also mm-hmm. supply deliveries, which we know has been impacted by uh, disruptions and the like. And then the services PMI on Wednesday is going to be a big one. That's the one that I'm going to be paying attention to, particularly the employment. Yeah. I figured that's going to go and give a lot of people an insight as to how big or not the uh, payrolls report will be on Friday. Boy, you're getting good at this uh, television tease thing, Scotty. Hey, have a good evening. I hope you're well. You too. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.